Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. I have a friend in uh, Australia. He's an American. We forgive him for that. Um, he's got three degrees. He's the greatest Bible teacher I've ever heard, bar none. Super intelligent, and he lets me know. And um, the the uh, COVID hit. Churches were closed down. Everything was closed down, and. He didn't know what to do. He couldn't go back to America. He lives in Australia, but he goes back to America for three to four months every year and gets trained by a Pentecostal rabbi in the Hebrew text. So when he teaches, he teaches out of that basis. Pretty amazing. So he couldn't go home. So he decided that he would do a study on... Um, the last 300 years where there have been, uh, what do you call this, lockdowns, uh, pandemics around the world, whatever it's for, 300 years ago, pandemics. And he discovered this. Everywhere there's been a pandemic in the last 300 years, in 80% of those places, after the pandemic actually ceased, there was revival that broke out for the next three years. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Since being verified by others who maintain they've done the study too. So I'm here to tell you whether the pandemic ceased or not, revival's broken out. (laughs) Yeah. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm going to be in the next move of God. Yeah, I ain't quitting. Yeah. So I want to talk to you today about an old-fashioned subject, and you've heard a lot about it, but it's about speaking in tongues. There's a reason for it. I'm reading to you from Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 in the New King James Version. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall, notice what it says, not might, they shall speak with new tongues. Whoa. I've been living during a time in many Western nations where spiritual leaders have attempted to make the things of God palatable to unbelievers, saying that things to do with the Holy Spirit turns them off. Now, I've been around the Holy Spirit longer than just about anybody here, with the exception of Dave. (laughs) You knew that was coming, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And I have never heard one unsaved person tell me 
that they didn't like church because they saw something of the Holy Spirit. I've heard, this is the worst I've heard. I didn't understand it, but if I'd seen it earlier, I would have come to church way earlier. Yeah. We don't need to make things palatable to the unbeliever. The Word of God didn't. God doesn't need us to do that. God is a supernatural God who does supernatural things. Getting three amens. I've had less. But the people that teach this, and and I've had some downright theological fights with them, and I win every time. They have used a verse of Scripture that's totally out of context to try to substantiate what they are saying. And they deal mainly with speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians 12.30. Do all speak with tongues? Now, the obvious answer to that verse is no. But you've got to take it in context. And the context of that verse is about using the gifts, the manifestations of the Spirit in a given meeting where somebody will give a message in tongues and it's interpreted and prophesied and so on like that. Now, it's not the tongues of the book of Acts which is the what we receive when we get baptized in the Holy Ghost. That doesn't need to be interpreted. Got two rights and three amens. Getting better, Dave. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm encouraging you today to understand something. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to speak in tongues on a regular basis. If nothing else, you're edifying yourself. You're speaking to God. You're speaking secrets. Even praying for things you don't even know what you're praying for, but God does. It's interesting that Paul the Apostle, who's the great theologian, links the promise of the Holy Spirit directly to Jesus and the atonement. Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now watch this. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, through faith. So there's the atonement, then there's the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Now, when you read in the New Testament about the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, the Bible uses words related to drinking when it comes to receiving. Words like drink, drinking, quench, filled, and there's others. John 7, 37 says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. 
The word drink is an active process of receiving. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit cannot be the result of a negative or passive attitude. God cannot fill a closed mouth. Mm -hmm. Has to be open and working to speak in tongues. If I was to take this bottle and take the water in it, and try to drink it with a closed mouth. It just go everywhere. I got to open my mouth to drink it. Listen, this is not deep, okay? <laughs> so to speak in tongues, we have to open our mouth. God, the Holy Spirit, is not a dictator. Terms used for the Holy Spirit are terms like helper, comforter, guide, teacher. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19 is an interesting verse. Do not quench, I'm reading from the Amplified, subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. I understand something. The writers of the New Testament understood something about the Holy Spirit that we don't talk about very much, and it's this. They see it as a flame of fire because on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it came like a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire were on the 120. Now, fire can easily be extinguished. So the Bible's saying, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Kathy and I have been attending a church in Australia, and I won't get into it all, but it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a nice church. <laughs> it's a very nice church. And there's no distinct manifestation of the Holy Spirit because the previous th pastor thought that was something that would turn off unbelievers. So he didn't allow prophecy, didn't allow speaking in tongues in the service, and so it goes on and on and on. The only problem was me and Kathy were sitting on the front row with our hands in the air speaking in tongues. I don't care what he said. I care what the Bible says. And it'd be often that we would have theological conversations about it. And every now and then he'd get me to preach, but he'd say, don't preach on tongues. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Now he's gone. A young guy he mentored took over. He's a good guy, really good guy. And he asked me to preach one time on the Holy Spirit. Well, you can't preach on the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit unless you talk about the evidence of speaking in tongues. So I do that. 
One of the pastors calls me on Monday and says, you need to get with me for coffee tomorrow morning early. I said, why? And he said, this will blow your mind. I said, I'm old enough that nothing much would blow my mind anymore. <laughs> yeah. So he meets me, he said, there was a lineup at the pastor's door yesterday that went for hours. People coming in and they were all asking the same question. We didn't know our church was a Pentecostal church. <laughs> that tells you something. We didn't know. I said, what did he say? He said he, he lifted his head up and he went, we are. Thank God he did that. Well, he lost a bunch of people. Yeah. Oh, you want? Oh, yeah, I'm on on, on the camera. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Rebel Stoke. <laughs> and so, bit by bit, he's been moving to things of the Holy Spirit and bringing in people that, for want of a better term, are Holy Spirit people. And our church is just moving in a wonderful direction now. Hallelujah. We need to cultivate the things of the Spirit. Be convinced the Holy Spirit is for you and for today. Confident that the Holy Spirit is for all Christian believers. Vine's Dictionary says, tongues is a supernatural gift of speaking in a language without it having been learned. Speaking in tongues is not a hobby. Do you know there's more teaching in the Word of God about speaking in tongues than any other gift? Use the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues on a regular basis. I have people come to me, oh, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues 10 years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. Well, that was great, but we're talking about today. Come on, you need to do it on a regular basis. You don't have to be in church to do it. You do it in your car. It won't hurt your automobile. And nobody will criticize you there. You can do it walking through the airport like I do. I get, I get religious people say, oh, I've got to go back here, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Draw a chalk line there, will you? <laughs> it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. Uh, and I have people, you know, religious people say, but don't they think there's something wrong with you? No, they think I'm a foreigner. That's all they think. Ephesians 5, verse 18, New Living Testament. Do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. But be filled with the Spirit. The term be filled with the Spirit in the Greek is in the present continuous tense, which means be filled and keep on being filled. The Holy Spirit came to carry the evidence of Christianity 
from the books of apologetics to humanity. Now, sometimes when you read the Bible, you come across things that you've evidently read many times before, but it jumps out to you. And this happened a few weeks ago. And I saw this verse, and I went, dear God, I've read this a lot of times and never seen this, which is not unusual. Understand, stay here, Al. <laughs> Understand, in the, book, in the four Gospels, where they use the term mountain, this mountain shall be removed. It's, it's used several times, and it's indicating an issue, a problem, a sickness, something that stands against you. All right. So now I go to Isaiah 41, verse 15. I will make you a new, make you a new, sharp, threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small and shalt make the hills as chaff. So what is the new sharp threshing instrument with teeth? Well, I'll show you in just a moment. What they used to do is that it was pulled by two horses, usually harnessed to a person sitting on the threshing board. And they would drive it in circles around the mountain of chaff or whatever it was until the threshing board would thresh it and the mountain would disappear. Okay? This is what speaking in tongues does. When there's a mountain in front of us, and I'm sure every one of you, like me, have had things you've prayed for and it hasn't happened. You go, where's God? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he's there. But then I realized, wait a minute. Speaking in tongues helps remove the mountain. And when I speak in tongues in my office, which is not real big, but I walk around in it. I'm in the room where Dave's is, and I walk around speaking in tongues. I was doing it early this morning. Speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. And because it's the Holy Spirit, it helps remove the mountain. So don't come to me and say, well, I spoke in tongues five years ago. God, good, wonderful, fantastic. Today's the day. Come on, hallelujah. Got to speak in tongues every day of your life. It takes effort, discipline. Sometimes we just let it go and carry on with life and then wonder why we're not as spiritual as maybe we should be. Because we're not cultivating the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, there was 120. And the Bible says that they began to speak in tongues. It didn't say the Holy Ghost spoke in tongues. The Holy Spirit does not speak in tongues. You speak in tongues. I speak in tongues. Come on, are you hearing me? 
I do the speaking. God does not come down, grab your tongue, wag it up and down side your mouth, force your mouth open to get sound out. He does not do that. And then I have people go, well, I want to speak in tongues. I go like this, hmm. Nothing's happening. No, because you don't open your big mouth. <laughs> you got to do the speaking. It's a step of faith. Paul the Apostle. Boy, it's pretty hard to argue with him. said, I thank God, that's good, that I speak in tongues more than you all. That dude spoke in tongues more than anybody else. I did the speaking. In other words, we open our mouth, as we said earlier, and we begin to do the speaking. Well, I don't feel anything. Well, you're not meant to feel anything. You've already been filled. And tongues is an evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I repeat, the Holy Spirit doesn't do the speaking. He gives the language, but we do the speaking. Hallelujah. One of the things that helped me do with several things when Kathy passed away was I would speak in tongues every day and every night. I'd walk around the unit speaking in tongues. I'd drive my car speaking in tongues. I'd go to church speaking in tongues. The grandkids would call me and I'd speak in tongues to them. You know, if nothing else, we weren't criticizing anybody. That didn't go over real good, did it? <laughs> I'm good at the comebacks. <laughs> we need to speak in tongues. Well, I'm embarrassed somebody will hear me. Why are you embarrassed? The Bible tells us we shall speak with new tongues. It's going to happen. And there are signs of revival now happening in different pockets of the world. It's not huge, but it's happening. It's happening. One of them is in a church in Melbourne, Australia. I mean, if God can do anything in Melbourne, Australia, he can do it anywhere. I'm serious, man. And it's a church that used to be called Richmond Temple. It's now called Numa, like Holy Spirit. It's the first Pentecostal church in Australia. It was started by Smith Wigglesworth. So got a bit of a heritage, to say the least. A young man, he's in his 40s now early 40s, used to be a policeman, called to the ministry, he's gone in there. And something started happening with the staff that was unusual. All of a sudden, every day of the week, they started praying for an hour, studying the word for an hour, praying for an hour, studying the, through the whole day, five days a week. 
Pastor said, we hardly got anything else done. Went on for weeks. And he said, I didn't know what to say about it, but I was smart enough to know not to stop it. That would have been quenching the spirit. Then all of a sudden, one Sunday morning, the Holy Ghost broke out in the church service. Boom. He said, I don't even know how to describe it. It just broke out. So much so that at our time to finish the first service, we couldn't. It's not we wouldn't, we couldn't. And the second service came right in over the top of the first service and just joined in. And it went till 4.30 in the afternoon. Now, it's not a way you'd set up to run a church, but if the Holy Ghost does it, that's different. Yeah. And it's been happening ever since. They're having services Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday nights. People are coming from everywhere. Now, here's the thing. People are getting saved every service, but there's something else happening. They're having so many miracles happen that doctors and hospitals are verifying the miracles. Come on, are you hearing me? Wow. So he spoke at the conference that our church has everywhere. Pastor Dave knows about it. So it's breaking out. It's breaking out. It's happening in different places. Well, I want to be prophetic this morning, not because I want to be, because I, I know to be. I was sitting on the front row. I said, God, what are you trying to do here? He said, I want you to prophesy. Oh, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not sweet on everything God wants to do, okay? Anybody with me on that? Yeah, yeah, I might as well tell you the truth. But I'm smart enough to know to do it. Yeah. And I know a couple of things that are happening here, so I don't want to give the impression I don't know anything, but I do know something. God spoke to me while I was sitting there. Usually you can tell if God's speaking to me, I'm sitting down listening. And uh, God spoke to me and he said, tell that church they're bordering on an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And there will be a harvest. There will be a harvest. People will walk in and get saved and nobody's preached. But there will be a harvest. There will be signs and wonders and miracles like you've never seen before. It'll be beyond anything you've seen. There'll be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and it will attract the unbeliever. It will not attract the religious. You will be criticized. But so was Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, the term I got was your services will be as unusual as usual. 
as God is going to blow through with the Holy Spirit. There will be wind and there will be fire. Be signs and wonders, miracles. You'll see young couples coming in. You'll see young people coming in. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'd hope it happens tomorrow, but, but whenever. But it's going to happen. It's going to be a new day and a new age. And church will not be the same because the Holy Spirit wants to move. And I've got news for you, and I'm breaking off from the prophetic. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to move, we're not going to reach our generation. It's that simple. I just come up from Lima, Peru, where Kathy and I were missionaries, and I'm going back there two to three times a year. I went back. I preached seven services, but I did a lot of teaching and training. And I said to the pastor's son, I mean, he's 40, 42 or something. I, said, I told him about that I'm going to let the Holy Spirit go through me and I don't, that's what's going to happen. If you can't handle it, too bad. <laughs> he said, go for it. And in seven services, over 550 people came to Christ. He said, ah, oh, that's on a mission field. No, a mission field's no different to here. Yeah. You know the crazy thing is? They ask the same questions down there as they ask here. They do the same things down there as they do here. It's no different. And as I'm preaching, the Holy Ghost started breaking out. Of course, I had to have I had to have one, one service and altar call halfway through preaching, because the Holy Ghost was moving so much. And you have to reap the harvest while it's ready. But God's going to do it. In fact, He's already doing it. He started to do it. I want you to get ready for it. Amen. I quit. Let's stand together. Including Revelstone. Put your Bibles down, your phones down. You're not going to need them for a few minutes. I want you to do something Wait till I give the word, please. And I was going to ask you to raise your hands, start speaking to God in other tongues. doesn't need an interpretation. If you don't do that, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I preached this message for the first time in Lima, and after the service was over, all kinds of people coming up, to, including little kids, they got filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Nobody prayed for anybody. It just happened all over the building. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to lift your hands and not quietly speak in tongues. Shout. See, in the Bible, shouting is a sign of victory. It's not a sign of making a big noise. It's a sign of victory. When the army was coming home from war, they, the, the people at home would hear the shout from the army Way before they got home, it was so loud, and they'd known they won the victory. Yes. 
So we're going to lift our hands to God and we're going to shout in other tongues right now. Let's do it, shall we? Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.